Oh my god, Victoria, we're finally back. Oh my god. Oh my god, another season of Harry Potter Minute. We'll be talking about Chamber of Secrets. And there's so much to talk about. I'm so excited for this. Really though, we do have a lot we, we do have a lot of things to talk about. I am excited to talk about stuff like Gilderoy Lockhart. No, I know we're gonna talk about Gilderoy Lockhart a lot. A lot. There's so much because he's a the lot. five is it the the five time winner of Witches Weekly's most charming smile. Most charming smile. Most charming smile. He's probably not qualified for his position. Probably Probably? Not. Nah, I don't uh, think so. Something fishy about that guy. <laughs> Something fishy. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, oh my god, we get to go to the borough for the first time? That's fun. That is I fun. I love the borough. Me too. I think the borough feels so cozy. They're the most, like, kind of traditional family. We get to meet Dobby. We get new characters. We get Dobby this year. We did get a few new characters. Well, more new and then elaborated on characters. Because I gotcha. believe... I believe Ginny will now show up in the picture. Yeah, Ginny has a bigger role to play. We only saw her briefly in the first one. More Ginny. And the introduction of Dobby, and of course the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart, which we already <gasps> mentioned. Literally the week after the introduction of Gilderoy Lockhart is the introduction of Lucius Malfoy. Right? Oh, he's a he's a character. He is a character. He's, he's extra. So extra. Uh, after the burrow, we get to see the Harry and Ron steal a flying car. And don't we all just want to want to fly a flying car? I would love to fly. I would be really scared to fly a flying car, actually. That poor car. I mean, it, you know, they run it right into a tree. Yes, we get to meet the Whomping Willow. If you Not wanna. just any tree. Not just any tree. Yeah. If you want to see meat, I mean, it's, I guess that's going to be on a... Is it, it's, it is it's it is sentient. Oh my god, is it sentient? Well, well, save it. <laughs> that's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. This is a big one, you guys. We're, we're going to open the Chamber of Secrets. Find us at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Ball Rats, one minute at a time. Today we are covering Minute 47, which is quite possibly the greatest Tell em, Steve Dave Minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derkach. And I'm Jason Hawk from the Atomic Trivia War 9000. Welcome to Minute 47, Jason. Oh, thank you so much. This is a great minute. We get to meet some of our old friends. This minute starts with uh, Walt and Steve Dave and ends with more blueprints. Yeah, back to the blueprints. (laughs) Steve Dave, man. Steve Dave. We had a whole conversation in my office not too long ago about first and last names that are both first names. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if Steve Dave is a first and middle if it's an affectation or if it's literally his first name and his surname. But, uh, I mean, it's just, you know, well, you got to wonder about these parents who obviously like their last name is Philip oh. and they name their kid Phil. It's <laughs> Phil like, Phillips. Oh, my name's Phil Phillips. <laughs> I mean, when you hear that, I'm like, your parents did not love you. I the, Steve, the Steve Dave story is they used to go to a comic book store and Walt could never remember the guy's name if it was Steve or if it was Dave. So they began calling him Steve Dave and that they just threw that in, into the movie as a callback for themselves. Which seems to be the go-to move for these guys. I mean, yeah, Kevin always, Smith is all about yeah. that. So. <laughs> Which, to be fair, would be my go-to move. of Like, I'm just going to put a bunch of in-jokes that nobody will get. Right. Why not? It's your movie. I mean, you're putting your life out on the line there. Why not have a little bit of fun with it? Why not build in all kinds of little uh, Easter eggs? <laughs> yeah, right? Kevin, Kevin has literally told stories about putting a joke in that only one person would get and sitting in the theater when that person would watch it for the first time and, like, dead silence, and just that one person would laugh. 
That story like, worth is, it. Worth it. That story is from the minute coming up where he says faster than Wolf Flanagan's dog. He said only one person's gonna laugh Wolf Flanagan. Yeah. Everybody else is like, <laughs> I don't get it. Because yeah. he he bought a dog while he was shooting this movie. Yeah. And he used to run away or he used to run all around the hotel the room with yeah. those guys. <laughs> so in the last minute we briefly alluded to comic book men. I've got a question though. I mean, you've got the two stars in here. You've got Walt Flanagan, you got Brian Johnson. Which one reigns supreme in your minds? Uh, what do you mean? It's like the better on the show because I also listen to their podcast too. Right. I got. I've never honest. sat and listened to their podcast. I've I've done a bunch of like Fat Man on Batman and that kind of stuff. But uh, in my mind, after watching three seasons of Comic Book Men, Brian Johnson is the standout star. Well, he is. He is definitely the the like it, it revolves around him, and they make he, no bones he's about the it. Randall. You would say. Oh, he <laughs> is. I mean, he is Randall, and they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he flat out says that Randall is him. He he makes no bones about that. But if you ever listen to their podcast, it's way more obvious on there that Brian is the driving force behind it. Right, but I think Walt might be my favorite on that. That's one of my favorite podcasts to help yeah. Steve, Dave. And Walt, he just wants to argue about everything. He's great. Yeah, he, on that thing, he's <laughs> just an instigating prick. Yeah, yeah. That, like, he'll take positions you know he doesn't like, he right. doesn't really believe in, just to irritate people, which he I totally like- support. <laughs> <laughs> he went on like four episodes saying how woke he was about how he knew, you know, everything about what kids like nowadays and, yeah. you know, about, you know, homosexuality. He was woke. He knew everything. And yeah. they were arguing with him the whole time. Slap bracelets, pop rocks, Sega, etc. <laughs> yeah. Which he actually is like deeply a stick in the mud. He's like super old fashioned. Yeah. Which he he is definitely the most like he is the opposite of Kevin where Kevin's just like I curse in front of my kids and I talk about my sex life and like. Walt never talks about anything. He'll talk about his kids a little bit about like when they go and do stuff, but like he doesn't reveal that much about himself. Yeah. So my, fr- I got a question about the actual dialogue that happens here. He says, I was warned about you. By who? Yeah. <laughs> who yeah, is he warned by? Him? And how is he going to have him removed from the mall also? Yeah. Does he wield that kind of power? The guy that stands out in front of the comic <laughs> book store? You get the feeling though that Brody is notorious on the mall and that security is just kind of always twigged to his appearance, right? I mean, is, is, yeah. When he shows up, everybody's like, okay, DEFCON 2, everyone. Maybe you heard about him from that guy in Fashionable Mail. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the guy that looks like Ben Affleck's heavier brother. Yeah. With the bad outfit on. Yeah, or it could but, be Claire Forlani's dad is on top of things. I'm stuck yeah. right on um, Brian Johnson's picture and um, sp- talking about just being stuck in a style. I have that haircut right now. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about your hold on to the ponytail look. <laughs> well, you know, it was, uh, you, you rolled it in 1995 and you just stayed there. That's coming back around again. I'm waiting. I do like that, uh, Jason Lee does, in fact, uh, commit a, at least a misdemeanor here when he pushes somebody for no reason. Yeah. But back in the 90s, it was okay, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, you could push somebody. <laughs> yeah. You push since, since everybody knew that no fight was going to happen. I'll tell you where I have a huge dividing line in this moment. Um, so we've had a little Brian Johnson, a little Walt Flanagan, and a little Jason Lee, and they're all hitting it, knocking it out of the park. And then Jeremy London talks, and I'm like, oh boy, you're bringing my minute down. Yeah, he's trying to use that Kevin Smith dialogue, though, and it's not, it's not coming through real well. Yeah, his Kevin Smith dialogue sounds like me trying to spit out Aaron Sorkin dialogue. Right, like, or me. Oh, I'm, I'm saying the words, it just, <laughs> it's not sounding the way it's supposed to. Or me on uh, the third podcast that we're recording in a row after about six beers. That's what oh, when you're trying to say rubble and you're not co- – <laughs> you can't do it? <laughs> it's so weird how Jason Lee doesn't sound like that here, but he does sound like that in Chasing Amy. In Chasing Amy, he, he sounds like he's memorized everything phonetically. Yeah. Well, I think they told – I think in Chasing Amy they were trying to 
tone him down a little bit so he wasn't exactly Brody. Which is a mistake. Everybody yeah. wanted Brody. Yeah, but I, I I see where they're coming from. Like, it's literally the next year you're going to have him play the same role almost. I mean, he basically is. They let him grow a beard and put his hat on. <laughs> that was the big difference. <laughs> and he's like a little – I was going to say he's more of a prick there, but I don't know that he is. I mean, chasing Amy is more a little bit more emotionally vulnerable, I would say. Yeah. I mean, he has to come to terms with the fact that he's in love with his best friend. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Oh, good. You can, be on, you can be on for those minutes. Yeah. Uh, now you just picked your minutes for chasing Amy. Because <laughs> Chris and I are already dreading some of those minutes because we've done Clerks, which is okay, funny, whatever. Mall rats, you know, there's a lot of silly stuff going on. And then we're going to do Chasing Amy, which actually tackles real issues. Yeah. And issues that in the intervening 20 years did not get easier to deal with. Right. And it's not exactly the way you would tackle them now that you tackle no. that movie. So no, we figured- the funny thing about that movie is that it was like super progressive for 19, what was it, 97? Yeah. yeah. Super progressive for 1997 and super regressive for 2018. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to totally back him when I get there though. Cause some of the stuff I've heard people call out. I'm like, I got to be honest with you. I've seen, uh, we'll get there. I, I, there's some of the things <laughs> I don't think are that bad, but he, Kevin came out and said, well, you know, the movies from 1997, right? Right. Like, I was a white heterosexual director that did a movie about, you know, people with fluid sexuality and dealing with their sexuality. Like nobody was doing that. Like get off my ass, basically was what he was saying. It was way ahead. You know, Armageddon came out that year. You fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here Sorry, you go. Sorry, I got lost there thinking about somebody's navel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're eating your animal crackers. <laughs> nom 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 nom. All right, so here you go, Chris. Uh, Brian Johnson spits out the line. You got to ask me nicely. Where's it from? Impress me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Come on now. What? <laughs> Amateur. You're going to tell me? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm never going to tell that's you. That's it. That's it. I'm going to have to look it up then. All right. So where I believe he's cribbing the line from, knowing Kevin, is the line from A Few Good Men. Oh, okay. Uh, he goes to Cuba to meet with uh, Colonel Jessup. And he asks for a certain document, and he's like, sure, I'll give that to you. You just got to ask me nicely. That's, that's a throwaway line from a, a movie 20 years But I'm old. telling you right now, if I had Brian Johnson sitting here and I said, where did Kevin pull that line from? He'd say, it's from A Few Good Men. Yeah, he probably would. You're right. Sometimes it's not what the line is. Sometimes it's the inflection of the line, how the person delivers the line is how you know yeah. where it's coming from. I could say, I am your father. That doesn't mean anything. But if you say, I am your father, you're like, oh, that's impressive. Oh, come on. You're not going to do a Darth Vader impression? That's no, I'm not. I'm not going to. <laughs> Come on. I can add it to the list. I was going to bait you and do the wrong line and see if you noticed it, but I didn't do that to you. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you further. I would have noticed it because that's been all over Facebook for months now. Yeah. Or not now. Months <laughs> at the time. So uh, he attacks Brian Johnson, who blows a whistle for some reason. Yeah. Why does he have a whistle? Who knows? <laughs> he blows a whistle, and less than a second later, a mall security guard grabs onto Brody's back. Where yeah. was this guy at? <laughs> Did you find who this guy is? I couldn't figure. I couldn't find out who he the was. The mall security guard? There, yeah. There's people listed as, like, Team LaFours. He may have been one of those guys. He may have been one of them. Uh, this is one of the few times in the movie where mall security's on top of things, though. <laughs> yeah, oh, right on top of it, yeah. It's, like, way more on top of it than I've ever seen. First of all, this mall has more security than I've ever seen. <laughs> and, like, they're actually doing stuff. Whenever I see mall security guards in real life, they're usually just standing in one place or just vaguely wandering. And right, they are one of two ages. They are either 16 or 87. 87 is usually where I see them. Yeah. And then an- another oft-quoted line from this is, just because just a guy reads comics, think he can't start some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, T.S. does pretty much all he does in this minute is try to break up a fight. Right. All right. So uh, 
we get up to the fight here, which is about halfway through the minute. Uh, they're trying to break up the fight. And then we hear a high-pitched scream from off camera. <laughs> yeah. And we hear, oh, God, a little boy's trapped on an escalator. Which is justice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. justice right there. That's just karma saying, yes, Brody's right. Yeah. <laughs> I got to admit, I was watching this uh, when I was watching it to do the minutes. I was sitting up there and my wife was next to me and I just watched the minute go by for the first time. And when it gets to that, you hear that, oh, a little boy's trapped on the escalator. I started dying laughing. <laughs> She's like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, a little boy's trapped on the escalator. She's like, that's not funny. Yeah, why is that funny? <laughs> got well, a you seven-year-old see. girl who yeah. likes to go to the mall. And every time we do, she, of course, wants to ride the escalator up and down and es- up and down and up and down. I don't know what the fascination is. I mean, it's stairs. It's just, <laughs> right. you know, slightly advanced stairs. But every time that she does that, I'll launch into that little monologue about, you know, not yeah. a year goes by. <laughs> and, of course, she doesn't know because she's seven. <laughs> if yeah. she turned in and said, hey, mall rats. You'd be yeah. a little surprised, wouldn't you? I'd be impressed, <laughs> and I would buy her ice cream, and then, you know, I'd just pack her off to college. Yeah, and well, that, you'd be like, all right, so apparently I'm not the only shitty parent that lets my par- my kid watch <laughs> heavily R-rated movies. <laughs> you know what, though? I'd be impressed enough that it wouldn't matter. I'd be like, you know, she's obviously mature for her age. Well, right. here, here's what's funny. Like, all the language wouldn't bother me, but I'd be like, oh, man, I got to – she had the two nude scenes in here. Am I going to get yelled at about that? Yeah. <laughs> What, she knows what a girl's body looks like? Oh, it'd be worse if it was full frontal male nudity. <laughs> then it's like, go talk to your mother. She's got a little brother. <laughs> she knows what that is, too. Yeah, that's how I judge movies now. Like, not even that. Like, nudity, even nudity I can get around. But, like, any sexual situations. Yeah, it's a little tough. Like, that, that's still kind of a no-go at this point. But, like, I don't care. Violence and uh, language, I, I don't care. Like, and it's I, surprising. I, I, Surprising some watch- of those PG movies from the 80s that you think are classics, but you forget, like you, uh, you like subconsciously edit out the parts oh. that are uh, Oh, yeah, you forget the, 80, the 80s was a different time. <laughs> Do I need to tell my story again, Jeff, about Gremlins? <laughs> oh, God, when you traumatized your daughter? <laughs> I let her watch Gremlins. I think she was four. I, I remember Gremlins being like a fun movie about Gremlins, and there's like full-on murder in that movie. <laughs> Even something though as soft as like Back to the Future, you're like, oh, how yeah. am I going to explain this? That she, he sh- he's like maybe going to bang his own mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've spoke about this before. Why don't you let them watch Revenge of the Nerds? Oh well, I can't let anybody watch Revenge of the Nerds. I said th- there's this movies by minute format, like we're doing. I was like, I challenge somebody. I want somebody to do Revenge of the Nerds because Revenge of the Nerds is great because it has two messages. One is a great message of like, hey you know, build yourself up and, you know, be confident in who you are and do all this. And the other message is, it's okay to rape people. So <laughs> I want to see someone try to tie those together and like try to explain it. Like I used to watch that movie all the time. I watched it like five years ago. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like even like the mundane stuff, like they break into somebody's house and like are looking at all of them naked and install yeah. cameras. You're like, oh my God, everyone in this place goes to jail. They're going, oh, yeah, they're going to jail. <laughs> He There's a slew of 1980s movies where that's a common theme. It's like sexual assault is okay. Yeah, right. He does <laughs> rape by deception. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, see, here's what it's like. Oh, it's okay because you were good at it. That's not how the real world works. <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, never. Nobody's ever done that like that before. Oh, it's not even my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. When I was 10 years old watching it, I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. And then I watched yeah. it as an adult. I'm like, oh my god, this is horrible. <laughs> Just repl- just get one of your friends to replace you with your wife next time and put a mask on. They'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, unless you're into that, and then that's well, well yeah. right. Then it's up to you. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough one. There's probably a reason why that that movie doesn't get covered a lot anymore. Yeah, 
All right, so we got a, we got a dead kid on the escalator. <laughs> uh, don't go on YouTube and uh, look up escalator accidents. <laughs> oh, really? No, I don't want to see that. <laughs> Some of them are funny. Like people getting thrown off the sides, always funny. Right. Like you ever seen people try to hold on to the handrails? <laughs> yeah, they get pulled up, up the side. steps. <laughs> <laughs> That's always hilarious. But like people getting drug into the actual works, uh, a little bit less so. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Especially if you turn when it I was on, a you younger hear- man. It, it was a game to a you know. There's a couple different things. First, to run up the down escalator, yeah, that was sure. always a classy one. And then second, to surf up by uh, you know going spread eagle on either side of the, Your the feet on escalator the, the metal parts yeah. on the sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but ironically, that's not whatever got you know got me kicked out of a mall. So, oh, so what got you kicked not- out of the mall? <laughs> Telling the truth, reporting on <laughs> stores that were closing in the mall. Oh, I'm no. banned from a mall actively because of that. <laughs> none of the horseplay, none of the running around. <laughs> None of the hiding merchandise in various stores. <laughs> None of the playing football in toy stores like KB. That right. never did it. Nah. It was just telling the truth. It was like, um, so I'm counting stores that are closed in this mall and security's coming up to me. What do I do now? That's what got me kicked out. Wow. <laughs> it's that okay. Like, that's it's Ohio. Like- there's, there's a mall every 15 minutes. Right. You just go to the other mall, but well, you literally maybe- were just saying what stores were closed. Counting them more like it's like oh. okay, there's 23 stores closed. That's a percentage of, and that sort of thing. <laughs> Did they Man from security was very stern. He would have put Lafour's to shame. Really? Yeah. Well, Lafour's also fought in the ring in Gladiator, so I don't know if you want to go toe to toe with him. Didn't they say he has four kills as a mall security guard too? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can be a mall security guard if you have four kills. <laughs> it's probably well, you allowed. can't be a cop if you've got four kills, right? <laughs> I mean, right. unless they all, unless they all happened at once. And you're like Martin Riggs or something. Sorry, that was a little bit tongue in cheek. That was, uh, yeah, that was some social commentary right there. <laughs> yeah, but unlike in TV where like they kill like half the city, like if you even fire your weapon on duty, you're like, all right, well, we got to take you off duty for a couple of days before we got to do an investigation. We got to do all this paperwork. Not on there where it's like, listen, I know you shot three people yesterday, but I really need you to track down this criminal. Like, yeah, that's, that is not how that works no. at all. Uh-uh. <laughs> I literally, through my work, know cops who have never fired their weapon in the line of duty. I knew 30 years never, on the job, there was not cops a never ha- Yeah, there was cops I remember talking to. They've been on the job 20 years, and they only had their gun out once or twice. Wow. And usually that was like, for whatever reason, they had to have it out. And like they never either pointed and they've never fired at anybody. And I saw also, most of the cops I talked to said, you can take out your gun and point it at somebody, and they don't care. You can take out your taser and point it at somebody, and they don't care. But if you have the canine with you and you say, I'm going to let this dog go, they're like, oh, no, I'm done. I'm done. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't the dog is a game changer. Yeah. Because you may not know what it's like to get shot. In your mind, you may not be able to know what a taser hit's going to feel like. But you know what getting bit by the dog is going to feel like. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. Oh, people come out. Like, you'll see them come out and be like, I'm going to let the dog go. And you see people crawling out from underneath the bushes. Nope, nope, no, nope, I'm good. Right here. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of fights, our fight gets broken up by TS and his awesome shirt. He goes over to attack uh, Dave Klein, our director of photography, <laughs> and he has the weirdest delivery I've ever heard of Stan Lee signing comics as he starts wandering backwards. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> Not that I could do any better, but his delivery is odd. The, oh, yeah. That's what I'm, I, I'm looking through my notes here. Off camera, someone yells, we got, we need a medic, a little boy caught on the escalator, and then the cop yells, oh God, I'm coming. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Can you explain that to me? Why is it funny? (laughs) Um, So what what do you think that – what's that guy's search history look like? (laughs) (laughs) 
That's the kind of guy who you see their computer getting carried out at like uh, 2 in the morning by the federal government. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we get one last look at uh, Steve, Dave, and Walt here. Yeah. And then we cut to the blueprints. <laughs> oh, blueprints are legendary. Yeah. This threw me right back to being 11 when my little brother and I, I mean, like the big dream was to draw out blueprints for some sort of a scheme and then carry it out, Wiley Coyote style. <laughs> Everything's got to be bought from Acme. <laughs> or the dollar store. Like, I remember this one time we, we were convinced that if we bought enough magnifying glasses and then drilled holes in a two by four and lined up the magnifying glasses, we could somehow focus and hone sunlight down to the point where it could melt the neighbor's pond. <laughs> what are you, you're making Greek fire? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we had all kinds of diagrams and drawings and they weren't too far off from what Jay and Silent Bob have going on here. Were you going to do it from a distance? Were you going to melt the neighbor's pond from a distance? Well, you got to be undetectable. I mean, stealth right. is part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Got to be carried out black ops style. Oh, not like our way of doing it. Of when our neighbor was getting their uh, in-ground pool put in, it would have you'd have dirt bombs back there that you could throw at the neighbor's house, and they'd blow up with big things of like mud and dirt. And then we threw one, but there was a chunk of concrete inside of it, and it smashed right through their front window. Oh, nice! <laughs> Whoops! Good, good, good job there. Yeah. Well, it was a good job for me because I threw it, I broke the window, and everybody got in trouble but me because. <laughs> The other jackasses went home and told their parents what they did. They had, you know, they felt guilty. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm good. Thanks. Well, <laughs> well, they, they don't know ain't going to hurt them. They probably weren't going to get their asses beat. You were. So you're like, yeah, no, I was going to die if you found out about that. It was my neighbor, <laughs> yeah. too. The person lived across the street from me. Oh, Everybody no. else lives far away. She's over there like, I don't know how my window got broken. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a rough neighborhood. I don't tell you. <laughs> Some real hooligans living around here. <laughs> so as we I said, uh, what? Go ahead. On these blueprints, um, does Silent Bob have claws? Because <laughs> he's Wolverine. He's <laughs> yeah. Wolverine, you're right. They look like bear claws, though. They do look like Schnick, bear claws. Schnick. And the skinniest uh, legs I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I did say when we uh, – Scott Moser drew these, the producer, who was also yeah. in the movie. But uh, I said he looks like uh, he looks like uh, metal Silent Bob. He looks like the Iron Giant. <laughs> right. We said that, and he kind of looks like Terrence of Phillips. If you oh, yeah. look, though, and in the a- next minute when we get to it, when he's standing up there in his Batman uniform, his legs are super skinny like that. Are there's they like really? This, there's yeah. this huge Kevin Smith trunk and then the two little bird legs that stick out to support his base. Well, that's because Kevin always skipped leg day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely – I had something written down here. Uh, one of his lines – I got want to get exactly what he says. He says, you're going to – what does he say? You're going to fly like a spitfire? Is that what he says? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm trying to get the exact thing that Jay says because Jay's doing the uh, our little play-by-play right here, and oh, it's right. painfully obvious that there's no way on God's green earth that Jay talks like this. There it goes. Okay, lunchbox. Let's try this again. We tie you to the roof and you jump off and sail like a Spitfire, passing right over the arch nemesis of the fours. Okay, there's no way he uses any of those terms. Maybe <laughs> arch nemesis because he reads comics. Because it's in a comic book, yeah. But sails like a Spitfire? Oh no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> because I, I think I know what it means, but I would love to hear Chris, what does sail like a Spitfire mean to you? Uh, okay, what's a Spitfire? Uh, I'm not sure what a Spitfire is, but it sounds fast. A Spitfire is a World War II era, what is it, like a P-15? Yeah, it's it was the, the British, the early British fighter planes. Oh, the planes. They had the Spitfires and the Hurricanes. That's what they fought the Battle of Britain with. I have heard that before. So, that was so like I could see thing. how he would be comparing the parabola of swinging down on a rope to what a Spitfire would do to attack, because they were machine gunners, oh. right? I, I understand why Kevin would <laughs> make that distinction. <laughs> he would make that comparison. There's no way Jay made that comparison. No. 
There's no way he knew what a Spitfire was. Like, not even – it's not even – first of all, it's not an American plane, so you're less likely to be know what it is unless you're, like, a huge – you've got to be at least somewhat of a World War II nerd to know that, to know what a Spit – like, to get yeah. that reference at all that it's a Spitfire is that plane. I don't know where I pulled that from, though, because you know my my hatred for all things World War II is legendary. I just can't stand watching it. But somehow I was like, I know three airplanes. I know the F-16. I know the uh, the Warthog. And I know the P-15 Spitfire. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but when you started talking about it, it really did sound familiar. It clicked, you know? Yeah. As Jason, Jason, of course, uh, you heard when he rolled minus two on man points when he said he didn't like World War II. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so stressful, guys. Oh, stressful. What are you talking about? It was good old days. I wish it was that simple anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can see how, as a military man, you might say that, yes, two opposing forces lining up and firing at each other until everyone's dead. That's very simple compared to modern warfare. But for me, it's more like the whole, I don't know, wiping out six million Jews thing that just ties (laughs) my stomach in nuts. (laughs) I'll tell you what really bothers me about it is like um, early on, you're like, because that war is basically over, not over, but that war is going the wrong way by like for them, by like. 42 43 and the rest of it is just like eventually the inevitable is going to happen but like early in that war like i forget what they have the um the number somewhere at some point the the world is down to like the last 12 democracies that are still left i'm like oh that must have been a really shitty time to live in like you just made it through the depression and you're like thank god the depression's over oh what the hell is going on (laughs) (laughs) oh good i just i just spent eight years trying to eat and now i'm getting sent to europe to fight for five years that's just wonderful (laughs) I, I I made a thing that, uh, not that long ago. I tried to figure out what would have been the worst year ever to be born. And I think the year I came up with is, was 1899. Because if you were born that year, as an American, you would have, you know, you don't have electricity, all that stuff. But like, you get to serve in World War One, you get to live through the Depression, you get to watch your kids fight in World War Two and in Korea. And then when you're an old man, you got to live through like the 60s. You're cutting it tight on the World War One thing, though, because you would have only been 18 in 1917 when the war was ending. Yeah, but that's when we got in it, and you would have gone. That was back when they, you know, sent eighteen-year-olds off to fight. Yeah, you just had to hope you were like last in line, so your boat's still going to Europe when it ends. Like, oh damn, I never got there. <laughs> you don't want so to spend close. as much time in the trenches as young Indiana Jones did. Oh, stop it! That's not canon to me. <laughs> <laughs> just like Crystal Skull's not. We watched uh, that religiously in the Hawk household. What <laughs> Crystal Skull? No, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> oh, good, because this, this conversation was almost over. People love that movie, that Young Indiana Jones movie. Uh, it's not a movie, dickhead. It's a series. I mean, series, yeah. <laughs> the the Family Channel series. Yeah. I, I've seen a couple of them. I've, like, dipped in and out on them, but it just – I think I watched Briscoe County Jr. instead <laughs> at that time. They were, like, pretty much contemporaries. I watched the one episode that Harrison Ford was in. I remember that. Where a they were, Briscoe, like, really? Yeah. You'd think that there would be some kind of a non-compete for something like that for him. No. Like, it's it's too close to his, his trademark character. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, Harrison Ford was on Young Indiana Jones. Oh, I got you. I thought you meant that he was on Briscoe County. I was like, no, that doesn't, oh, no. That doesn't for, sail. For a minute there, I was getting ready to go IMDb. I'm like, oh, my God, did I miss an episode? How did I miss that one? <laughs> it was same night. He was on uh, Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> <Same night. laughs> oh. He's like, oh, I was going to be my Harrison Ford. I'll do whatever I want. I can say it. <laughs> that's pretty good yeah then a lightsaber yeah. goes through him yeah yeah <laughs> i'm coming in for a landing <laughs> you're not in an airport <laughs> <laughs> ah you get it he's old and crashes planes okay uh does anybody have anything else for this minute i think we're to the end 
I do enjoy when he calls him Lunchbox for some reason. I don't even know what he means by it, but it makes me laugh every time. I will admit, in my life, I have been called Lunchbox on more than one occasion. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Kevin Smith lingo doesn't always work, like, in the moment. But I've noticed that it has slipped into my vocabulary an awful lot over the years. Like, there's there's so many of these stupid little lines from these movies. Like, uh, in, in Minute 48, we'll talk about Fly, Fat Ass Fly. But that that's in the common vernacular around here. Yeah. The, the best is, or worst, but hey, look at it, is if you say something in your regular life all the time, you say it so much, you have now forgotten the source of where it comes from. It's yours. Yeah. And then you watch something like this, and you're like, oh, my God, I pulled it from this movie. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I stole it. <laughs> What else today? Oh, yeah. And Walt is listed as Walt Grover. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Well, because he's not Walt Flanagan. And the other guy is Steve Dave Pulaski. Right. Yeah. And Walt Grover or Fanboy, he's listed as. Yeah, they literally call him Fanboy, but in the credits, they treat it like it's some sort of a nickname. Yeah. Yeah, which like doesn't make a, sense to it's me. It's a real put down calling somebody Fanboy. Well, back then it probably was, not now. <laughs> <laughs> now it's like, yeah, yes. you're actually onto something there. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yes, me and everyone else. Like this hour-long wait to see Stan Lee. If Stan Lee was at a mall oh, God. to just sign, it'd be a one-hour wait. It'd be a one-day wait. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't even finish. There would be no way. Yeah, come on in, true believers. <laughs> Did you ever wait Stan- for an autograph at a mall, Jeff? I, I don't think so. I'm not a real wait-in-line-for-thing guy. I waited about an hour and got all four oh. Black Sabbath, original Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, see, now I'm going to give you that one. I thought for sure you were going to say you waited an hour and you got like a, uh, you know, something from Paul Bearer or like Rude. <laughs> <New Jack. laughs> no, it was it was the original Black Sabbath when they did the reunion tour and there was a line and we just got in. And about an hour later, we were getting our CDs signed by Ozzy and Bill Ward, Tony Iommi. No, uh, New Jack. New Jack hit somebody on the head with a Nintendo I threw in his trash can one time, though. <laughs> did you ever do it, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Jason, you ever hear of ECW? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm sitting here trying to think about why you would want Black Sabbath's signature. Like, uh, I don't understand the appeal of autographs, period. Yeah, now it, it's it's in my CD rack, honestly. But I was like, you know. I would much, 18, if I'm going to get anything, if I want to capture the moment, I would get a picture. That's what you really want. I'll tell you why I want it now, because I'll put it on eBay as soon as I bring it. <laughs> That's why I want it now. <laughs> I think the yeah. only person that I would stand in line for, because I've never been one for Comic Cons or anything like that, I just don't understand the appeal of basically being put into the, the the grinder to wait and stand all day in sweaty, disease-ridden rooms for yeah. very little payoff. But uh, if if I did have to pick one person, I'd be like Mark Hamill would be the apex apex of that. I, last- I would stand in line for any amount of time just to be close to Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill yeah. The <laughs> last uh, Comic Con I was at, I got Rob Bruce's signature. And the only, <laughs> the only reason I got it, he gave it to me for free. He was charging $10, but I went over and I said, can you autograph something for me so I could take it over and break the comic book men's balls? And he said, oh, sure. And he signed it and gave it to me for free. And I took it over and showed them and they said, oh, yeah, whatever. Good for you. I said, it was the only autograph I wanted. And they were like, that's a shame. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, if I go to a, like a convention like that, like I never want to get the, I don't want to get my picture with like any of the big stars. I'll find the, most low rent person yeah. that's there and be like, Oh, awesome. This person <laughs> who was like in one thing for five seconds, I got a picture with them. Everything. Who the hell is that? And I'm like, Oh, you don't remember them. They were in cabin fever 11. <laughs> <laughs> also at that comic con, um, I went over and talked to Brian and I forget who it was. It was Brian and somebody standing there. It wasn't Walt. It was, was Brian it, and, and was it Zapsick? Mike Zapsick was at the next table over with Ming Chen. And Brian made me go over and say to Ming Chen, uh, 
where are you from when I shook his hand? And I did. And he looked at my shirt. I had a comic book man shirt on. And he said, I'm on your fucking shirt, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> now, I looked and looked and looked to try to find whether Mike Zapsik was in any of these movies. And as far as I can tell, he wasn't. I bumped I into Mike Zapsik at a Walmart one time. <laughs> what was he buying? <laughs> he was in the craft aisle. Hmm. Yeah, you're not going to say how you stalked them like a weirdo? <laughs> I, got a, I got a phone call from my wife and said, I think Mike from Comic Book Men's in, in the craft aisle. And me and my daughter went over and stalked him, and I walked up to him. <laughs> I've got this mental yeah. image of you in camo with a <laughs> yeah, bow. Yeah, hiding behind a <laughs> yeah. Just moving like a, a potted plant yeah. down the aisle, hiding behind it. <laughs> yeah, I was at a – I went to something for my daughter one time, and the person sitting behind me was – let's just say it was a professional football player sitting behind me who I recognized. And my wife's like, are you going to say anything to him? I'm like, no. I was like, we're an event for his kid. What are you crazy? I'm, I'm going to treat something. him like every other parent here. I'm going to do I'll what bet I it was Johnny Menzel. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I said he was there. I didn't say he was drunk on the floor. <laughs> Smoking crack. Like, I threw my career away. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Chris. This is more sports stuff that's lost on you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're lucky I don't have any crunchy food yeah. right now. Yeah, that man was Bernie Kosar. <laughs> It obviously was not. And you don't know who that is, Chris. So again, look you can look all these names up later. Imagine a woodchuck with a human's body underneath of it. That's Bernie <laughs> Kozar. <laughs> oh, and he can throw a football pretty well. Or could yeah. twenty five years ago. I was gonna say, yeah, twenty five years ago he could. Like the original Tecmo Bowl, maybe. <laughs> could do it. <laughs> all right, Chris. Uh last chance. You got anything? That's it. All right. Uh what about you, Jason? Any uh last tidbits for this minute, or do you want to move on till Friday? No, I think we're gonna move on until uh the Batman outfit. Batman oh, outfits yeah. big. We gotta check it out. We gotta rank it against all the other Batman outfits. So stay <laughs> tuned Friday for that. Jason, why don't you tell uh, the fine people out there where they could uh, locate you? You know, I do this little podcast called Atomic Trivia War Nine Thousand, and I mean little. Like, I mean, you guys probably have more more listeners than we've ever had. But yeah, uh, <laughs> we started off a long time ago, and we just kept on going. That's it. But we do trivia, and if you like trivia, then tune in. Trivia, and then uh, talking about whatever stuff you're up to, because sometimes that can be pretty interesting too. Either because I really am into what you guys are are into, or I'm like, these guys are idiots. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's a split because, yeah, sometimes we're absolutely inspired, but most of the time we really are just morons who can't really find oh, I do appreciate anything going on. When you have movie nights and punish your co-hosts with terrible movies, I, I am on board with that. <laughs> you know, it's harder and harder and harder to get them for some reason to watch the movies that I pick. I don't know why. <laughs> They're all classics to me. For example, <laughs> they refused to watch Speed Racer. <laughs> I guess I, I don't know that. why. <laughs> I thought that the Speed Racer was a terrific movie and Emil Hirsch's performance was inspired, but <laughs> it was something. It was a movie. <laughs> and we're still we're still crossing our fingers here on Ernest Scared Stupid, which for some reason I'm getting stonewalled on. Even at Halloween time. I have seen that one. What about Planet of the Dinosaurs? I always I always want someone to cover that. Planet of the Dinosaurs, wow. That was a, that was a favorite of mine growing up. It was one of those shows they would play on regular TV. And like <laughs> regular I was like, TV, but like you mean, I think that, that like, probably only no, ever aired at like uh, three a.m. on TNT, or it would air at like noon. But they probably cut like twenty minutes out of it. I thought for the longest time, I'm like, they must be cutting a lot out of this movie to make it fit into the hour and a half it needs to be. And then I watched it when I got older, and I'm like, oh no, they didn't cut anything out. This movie just doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, one of the last ones that I convinced them to watch was Star Crash, and I think that it ruined them on any suggestions I might have from henceforth. Oh no! Well, what you got to do is you got to you got to you know you got to you got to bait the trap a little bit. You got to give them like one halfway good one, 
And like that should buy you like the next two shitty ones. Like you get shitty one ones are so much more fun though. I know, but you, you got to give them one that's like kind of crappy. Like they feel like they're really doing you a favor. Like oh yeah, this bad movie, but it's not really that bad. Yeah, and then you just bury them with the next one. <laughs> Some awful movie. <laughs> All right, so I think we are out of here. Chris, did you do our stuff? I did not. Uh, we're oh. on doinggenre.com. Uh, we're this Jane Silent Bob Minute. You can also find us on moviesbyminutes.com. If you go over there, check out the granddaddy of them all, the Star Wars Minute. And that's about it. You got anything else, Jeff? Nope. Tell them, Steve, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>